This is a disclaimer. Ben and I do not actually agree or believe these conspiracy theories. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome back to Conspiracy Talk. I'm here with co-host Ben and no one else this week. Our first topic is how April is the government's blood sacrifice month. And I mean, that's pretty crazy by itself, right Ben? Yes. Oh, the, the link, the link is gone. Give us a moment. Anyway, so, Ben, do you know anything about the uh, blood sacrifice that the government does? I feel like it's a very pagan type thing. Yeah, well, according to bloodpanda.com... It's bored panda. panda, not blood panda. Yeah, it's a very scary panda. Blood sacrifice month with panda. Some people noticed that, oddly enough, a huge amount of tragedies happened during the month of April. And according to some people, April is actually the government's blood sacrifice season. And during this month, the government performs sacrifices to the demon god Baal, and then later disguises these sacrifices as tragedies. I think it's pronounced Baal. Baal? Yeah. We'll have to try Google Translate later. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, like... I thought we stopped worshipping pagans, like, long ago. I thought we stopped worshipping Baal in the Old Testament. Because I remember... Well, I don't know if he's associated with Babylon. We probably need to look this up. But I remember when I read the Old Testament for a church thing, I remember that, I think... Remember when one of the people in the Old Testament had a contest with, like, the... Priests of, I think it's the priest of Baal, and they're like, all right, we'll have a contest. My God, the one true God, will do all these things, and your God will try to do those things. And they tried doing like a bunch of stuff, but Baal never responded. But like, like, like yeah, God's like, this, I, I'm, I'm doing all this, guys. Please. Please. It's like, are you guys not going to pay attention now, or what? I, I I don't know if that would be after the books books of Exodus or not. And according to Board Panda, not Blood Panda, CNN has even published an article questioning this tragic and unexplainable coincidence. Is it a coincidence? Actually, I'm mindless. I'm going to stop. celebrities have died in April, though? Uh, let's see. What birthdays are in April? Ben is, the, ben is the, the production of the ball. Ah, uh, I don't like that. All right, who we lost in April? Um, I, do you know any of these people? I don't. Click on the more, like, more items. All right. Ah. I don't think you, oh, yeah, you, you went back. All right, let's... I think most of the slip. Jenny, Sable Jeffries, Christina Manette Zilka, I'm gonna say, but I don't think that's right. Charlotte Fiji. Oh, I know 100% I pronounced that wrong. 
Donna Kaufman, Shirley Knight, Steve Cash, and a couple more. Donna Kaufman sounds kind of familiar. Okay, good. scroll back down. Let's look for an article. 2020 According to EW.com, and I believe that's Nothing is loading. How joyous. Oh, it's a slideshow. All right. Olivia de Havilland. Let's see. Says, did it say she was in Gone with the Wind? Since it's underlined. Yeah. All right. Portrayal of Melanie in Gone with the Wind. All right. Regis Philbin. But that was July. That, that uh, was... Wait, was he a game show host? I don't think so. I don't know. Uh, he, he He's familiar. I, yes. Yeah. Daytime Emmy one. Okay. He died July 24th, and we're recording this July 26th. So he died Friday. Oh, yeah, the Fleetwood Mac founder dude died. He died, he died yesterday. Yeah, I remember getting a notification about that on my phone for some reason. Okay, well, these aren't April. These are like. These aren't April. These are just 2020. Yeah. But, like, that's interesting. Like, wasn't 2018 the year known for the most celebrity deaths? I don't know. I don't exactly. Well, I let's. Think, I think it was either 2018 or 2019, but there were a whole bunch of celebrities that died. Like, and then. People wanted to get out of that year. They go to the next year and they're like, oh, no, that's even worse. And then they leave that year and it's 2020. And they're like, <laughs> oh. Oh, we should have stayed in 2018. Yeah, and then, let's see, I remember... Okay, the only celebrity deaths I really remember because they had an impact on my entertainment was... uh, Or they were in, they were involved with stuff I like to watch, such as Carrie Fisher. She died in 2017, I believe. And she is mostly known for Princess Leia in Star Wars. And I remember being back in fifth grade and Robin Williams dying. Well, suicide, but... He's the guy that played the dad in RV. That's the only reason oh, yeah. I remember him is because that used to be my favorite movie for a really long time. I just recently rewatched it. I was like, wow. I don't understand why this was my favorite movie. I mean, it's Robin Williams. He's he's a great comedian. That's true. Yeah. I believe that was the rental agreement. Yeah. Let's see. And then uh, he was also in Aladdin. Yeah. He played the genie. Yeah, I, th- I believe so. The original Aladdin, not the one with Will Smith. Although I'm pretty sure when the tra- I remember when the trailer came out, wasn't there like uh, some disagreements with Robin Williams' estate with the remake of that movie? Mm, I'm not sure. That All right, because I remember there was something about that, and then I also remember that they were also trying to make sure with the remake that the portrayal of Genie portrayed portrayed by Will Smith would somehow kind of be a tribute to Robin Williams' version, kind of, in a sort of way. I thought that the Aladdin was pretty good. I haven't watched it, but, yeah. Robin Williams' will has a special clause about future, and it loaded before I could read it, future Aladdin sequels. Aladdin is one of those animated classics that can never be replicated, and a good part of that fact is due to the fact that the voice and performance of Robin Williams is so iconic and irreplaceable that it cannot be duplicated. According to the clause, and it's popping up with a video, I despise this website. 
can't be duplicated. And according to a clause in the late actor's will, Disney will have no means of even trying as a treasure trove of outtakes or off-limits for any future usage. So it sounds like he was pretty serious about uh, being the only genie. Mm. He's the only one that can grant three wishes. <laughs> he did well and never had a friend with him. Yeah, let's see... Oh, let's see. I remember that he was in uh, what's that one? Oh, okay, I know Robin Williams was also in it. What? What's that one field? I mean, not one field. One film that he uh, he and his wife got a divorce. So what ended up happening was uh, the only way he could see his kids more was he dressed up as an old woman to babysit them as a nanny. A fever dream? <laughs> no, this is an actual movie. Like, it's a classic, but it probably wouldn't be made today due to, uh, I'd say, differences in culture. Oh. Yeah, Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, that's funny. I never knew Mrs. Doubtfire was actually Robin Williams and Sue. Wow, I'm dumb. Let's see. I remember I was watching, I think I was watching a video where he was talking about several movies that probably wouldn't be made today, and he was talking about Mrs. Doubtfire because it's a guy in drag trying to get close to his kids and I don't know if they thought I was making fun of stereotypes or whatnot. Oh, it probably would be perceived as making fun of stereotypes, yeah. Yeah. But imagine if something like that happened today, that'd be kind of sad, like your dad's trying to get closer to you after After the divorce. And like he's dressed up as an elderly woman and he's doing a pretty good job at it too. Okay, so our next topic is the Ark of the Covenant road trip. And Ben, I think you put this one on here, so why don't you go ahead and explain. So, basically, I got this idea from watching a TV show a couple years back. I'm pretty sure it was called America Unearthed. And it talks about the possible locations of where the Ark of the Covenant could be, assuming that it wasn't destroyed in any battle or anything. So... Like, according to an article I was reading earlier, apparently it's, like, that's been found? Like, I read something that said that they'd located something, like... Mm-hmm. Ark of the Covenant found. What if, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark, like the film that has Indiana Jones on, is actually based on a true story? It's actually just in a warehouse somewhere. It had found its way to Ethiopia, where it still resides in the town of Aksum in the St. Mary of Zion Cathedral. Okay, so that's National Geographic. Mm -hmm. Does it say it's it's claimed to be there? It's claimed to be there, Okay. The untold truth of the Ark of the Covenant. Has the Ark of the Covenant been found in Israel? Uh, Because don't most... Academics believe that it was destroyed in battle. Mm-hmm. I think so. Or like it was no, it was destroyed like whenever some army invaded like the town that I was in, and it would, like Babylonians. Yeah, there we go. Before the Babylonians sacked Jerusalem. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I thought I thought I had read something about it. I was very confused. It's like, hmm. I mean, even in the Wikipedia article we're reading, it has something about Ethiopia. Yeah. 
There's they Mount... claim to possess the Ark of the Covenant or Tabat in Axum. What ex- exactly is Axum? Is that a language or is that a town? Ethiopia has been the site of the historic capital of Axumite Empire. It is now a tourist town with a population of 66,800 residents. Hmm. Is that a column or something that collapsed in that picture? Uh, ooh, can I get... Hmm. Yeah, it looks like a, t- uh, like a spire was toppled. Yeah. However, I don't think it would ever actually fall like that and bounce back up and rest on itself. Yeah. You ever think that most pieces of entertainment that talk about archaeology, such as like Indiana Jones, Uncharted, and like Tomb Raider, are a terrible representation of archaeology because it seems like stuff gets destroyed? Journey like, to the center of the earth. Like, let's see, because I know that... Because uh, in Indiana Jones, he's like, it belongs in a museum, but he just accidentally destroys several ancient sites Yeah. in the process. Or, like, he's maybe he's thinking, oh, I'm going to lead people back here, but then it's destroyed in the process, and it's like, oh. And then it's also interesting, I watched a video about it. I think it was Honest Movie Trailers. And it talked about, so you mean to tell me that Dr. Jones is an atheist, but he has seen proof that three three religions are true. Maybe that's why he's an atheist, because he can't wrap his head around one of them, yeah. or all of them, or any of them. Yeah. So it's like, all right, so, yeah, so the Ark of the Covenant and the Holy Grail tie into, like, Christianity and then Judaism. What's inside the Ark of the Covenant? Is that, like, I bones? I believe it's the Ten Commandments. Did you not pay attention in church? Maybe. Because I believe that's what's in it, like, is the Ten Commandments. Well, we wait for Google to load very slowly. I mean, like, it's interesting, because the Ark of the Covenant was, like, one of the most, like, significant pieces of religious artifact. Yeah. Like, ever. I think the Nazis actually had an expedition for looking for it, well, which mean, is yeah. which Indiana is Jones. the inspiration for probably Indiana Jones. And then I've also heard that they also had an expedition for the uh, Holy Grail, which also is an Indiana Jones movie. And my well, there was the Crusades, and I think they tried looking for that. They, I could imagine they probably tried looking for it during. They also looked for the Ark of the Covenant during the Crusades, also because I mean. I mean, wasn't, like, Joan of Arc part of the Crusades? Yeah, I think so. But Joan of Arc was a person. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, I'm having a stroke. Actually, we should probably look... What did she do? Was she actually part of the Crusades, or...? Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc. I mean, the only reason I remember her is from, like... Epic Rap Battles? No. Of history? I watched... Uh, Oh, I know what it is. Uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Mm. Is that like, that one of those TV shows that's based off comics? Oh, yeah. I feel like DC t- TV shows do a lot better than the movies at the moment. Yeah. Although, wasn't Shazam pretty good? I didn't watch it. And I, I haven't watched a whole lot of DC films, but I, I think I heard Shazam was alright, and then a lot of their TV shows are pretty good. Joan of Arc was a saint. Oh. Joan of Arc, nicknamed the Maid of Orleans, is considered a heroine of France for her role during the 
Lancastrian phase of the Hundred Years' War and was canonized as a Roman Catholic saint. She was born to Jacques d'Arc and Isabella Romay, a peasant family at Domremay in northeast France. I butchered all of those names. <laughs> eh, don't worry. I, I mean, it's a different language, or yeah, since yeah, we last time like what did we do? We we used Google Translate to try yeah. and translate something at it. No, that was before the podcast we started recording. I was trying to figure out how to say something in Judaism. Mm. In Judaism, in I think Hebrew it's Hebrew. Language. Yeah, let's. See. I remember that uh, one time. I think it was eighth grade. We we're doing a family tree project. And so some of my family is, like, Hispanic. I'm kind of a pretty white Hispanic. <laughs> and so as I remember I was looking up something that was in Spanish. I remember going, like, okay, I'm going to use Google Translate, Translate part of this. And I remember I use it, but I don't think it does well for huge texts. Because I remember looking through the thing that I translated, and it said, my mother died three times. I'm going, like, What? Oh, yeah, because I I thought this had something to do with my like great grandfather. I remember like, wait. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm an eighth Hispanic on my mother's side. Okay. I think so, and then I have Welsh from my dad's side. Yeah, and then I know a good portion of the United States have at least some Irish in them. Like a lot of people from Kansas, yeah. Yeah, and then I know that I have some German, probably some English, and then some Belgian from my mom's side. Oh, some Costa Rican, stuff like that. I mean, the Ark of the Covenant, like, people were willing to die for it, and apparently it's at the chapel of the tablet at the Church of Our Lady... Mary of Zion. Well, that's where some people say that's to be. Where some people say like, there's we're looking at the lo- possible locations on Wikipedia. Like, you want to read like some of the locations? Uh, well, there's Ethiopia, Southern Africa, Southern Africa, and then there's Mount Nebo, Mount I... or Nebo. Yeah, I think so. Okay, I let's. Think you had it right the first time, Nebo. Okay, let's scroll down. Prophet Jeremiah being warned by God before the Babylonian invasion. Southern Africa, Europe. Which is France, the United States, that's not part of Europe. I think that's, it was originally in another country, then they moved it to the United States. Oh, but apparently at the beginning of World War One, Rome, then Ireland, then Egypt. Wait, does it say in, and then something in about King Tut's tomb? Tutankhamun's tomb, yeah. Huh. Just imagine like you're going through an ancient Egyptian's... Like, tomb is like, it's just the Ark of Covenant. You just find the Ten Commandments laying on the ground. It's like, wait a minute. Out of everything here, why is this not ransacked? I mean, wasn't the Ark of the Covenant made out of gold? Yeah, but also, like, from why not? Isn't it where, like, if you touched it, you had a chance of dying? Mm-hmm. Or, like... Well, it said, uh, we didn't read much of the part that said it was found. It's, it looks like it said King Tut's tomb, so I'm going to assume they thought someone found it in the tomb. Uh, let's see. According to Tanakh, Tanakh, I'm going to say his name, Tanakh. Yeah. Uh, 
or Uzzah, meaning her strength, was an Israelite whose death is associated with touching the Ark of the Covenant. She was the son, or he was the son of Abinadab, whose house the men of Kerjath-Jerim, I'm going to say that Kerjath-Jerim, placed the Ark in when it was brought back from the land of the Philistines. Is that a vague answer? Very. I could swear I heard somewhere that, like, if, like, you touch the Ark, you... Why did God kill people who touched the Ark? Okay, yeah, so... So it's sacred enough he wants to protect it at all costs. Yeah. I don't think the Ark of the Covenant in the Indiana Jones film was probably accurate, since... I get the feeling if you tried opening the ark, you may not be able to, or you're just like going to be stuck shut. Yeah, or like you just die on first attempt. I mean, close your eyes, Miriam. Close your eyes, Miriam. Wow, Doctor Jones. <laughs> he wasn't in that film. I know. It's just one of my favorite quotes because he just seems so young. It seems like he shouldn't even. He drives. I know. The child drives. It's like 1943. Did you know that that film, take, like, uh, Temple of Doom takes place before Raiders of the Lost Ark? I didn't know that. I mean, it says, I think in the opening, that like, what year and stuff. I watched a video talking about it. I was like, oh, how come I never realized that? And I heard that, like, I, I watched a video talking about it. I was like, talking about, like, why Indiana Jones has the best character development. Well, yeah, character development in all of film. Like, you may not realize it. I guess if you were to watch in uh, chronological order... That would make more sense. Yeah. When did Temple of the Crystal Skull happen? Uh, you mean like what year it's, what it was supposed to take place? When did it take place? Well, it took place during the Cold War since the main villain was Russian. Okay. Or, and the, well, the main villains were Russians and stuff. So like the 60s or the 80s, I don't know. I'd say 60s or 50s. 50s or 60s. Let's look that up. Because I remember Shia LaBeouf played... Indiana Jones son, I remember him go like, oh, who's his father? Oh, he's yours. He's mine? <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? It's like, well, you were never around. The Cold War happened from 1947 to 1991. Do you not remember this part in Klubine's history class? Ben, I don't remember anything from Mr. Klubine's history class. Gosh dang it, John. <laughs> I mean, I could. I remembered enough to do tests, and I did. I, 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 I think I liked. It. I'm having a stroke. Mr. Kluman, if you are listening, I, I, I deeply apologize for John. Yeah. Well, he was still the best history teacher that we've had. Yeah. Who well, else? Yeah. Who else can show off how Germany declared war on other co- uh, countries by pretending to snort a line in front of us? Oh. Like. I declare war on France. That was, that was one of the best classes we'd had. Yeah. And then everything closed down. Thank you, coronavirus. Yeah, but he was still fun to mess with. Well, not mess with, talk to on Zoom. People mess with him a lot, though. Yeah. And they still continue to do so. They drive by his apartment a lot. Yeah, although we do have friends who will drop off, like, gifts and stuff from, like, cookies and stuff. His address is... <laughs> if you want to drive by his house... Look We're not telling you... You can actually find, like, a, a picture when he was, like, tw- I believe, like, early 20s. And he's still mid-20s. Like, if you look him up on Google. Let's not give away more information about him. 
His social security <laughs> number. So let's move on to the book of Enoch before we get swatted for giving out people's social security numbers. The book of Enoch is an ancient Hebrew apocalyptic... Ap- apocalyptic. When did they think the apocalypse was going to happen? I mean, you've heard the flood. Yeah, that's the next topic, in fact. I, I know, I, I, I came up with both these topics. <laughs> the fact is that I was recently watching Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Enoch was the name of one of the characters. Hmm. He's a sentient chronicon. I could swear one time I saw something about, like, Marvel going, like, yeah, we're going to have Jesus as one of our superheroes. That would be amazing. Jesus in an Iron Man suit, though. I just imagine him I going... I am the savior man. I can imagine him going up to Thor and be like, you're a false god, and just walks away. I mean, like... Wait, would he do that? Or would that be the way that Jesus would talk? I don't think so. He's like... I banish you to the depths of I don't, I don't the lake know. of fire. I, I feel like he'd be like, no, you're not a god. You're just... You are a silly little man. I don't know about that. I just... How would he... I mean, in the Rick Riordan books, like, especially the newer ones, like the Magnus Chase series spinoff, uh, it talks about Thor challenging Jesus to, like, an ultimate smackdown, and <laughs> Jesus turns him down. <laughs> I mean, it was interesting. It's interesting how we're thinking, how would Jesus react being in the Marvel Universe? I smite the Kree warrior. I don't know, I just... It's like, alright, so how do, we how do we implement the Jesus that we know into the Marvel Universe? Like, everything that we can get from the Bible. Wouldn't he be, like, all-powerful and be able to overpower any, anything instantly? Yeah, I mean, our God is mighty God. Do you want to start reading? Yeah, back to the book of Enoch. But the, the an ancient Hebrew apocalyptic religious text described by tradition as Enoch to the great-grandfather of Noah, like the Ark Builder Man. Yeah. Enoch contains unique material on the origins of demons and giants. Tie back into the Afghani giant we talked about a couple weeks ago. Why some angels fell from heaven, and an explanation of why the Great Flood was morally necessary. And prophetic exposition, yeah, exposition of the thousand-year reign of the Messiah. The older sections, mainly in the book of the Watchers of the text, are estimated to date from about 300 to 200 BC, and the latest part, book of parables, probably to 100 BC. Okay, what is that one thing you... Scrolled over. Oh, I, I looked at the thousand-year reign of the Messiah because I remember a specific city, and I can't remember what it's called, but millennialism or... I don't know how to... Shilism. Shilism, maybe? Okay. Is a belief by some religious denominations that a golden age or a paradise will occur on the earth prior to final judgment and future eternal state of the world to come. Okay. Various Aramaic fragments found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, as well as Koine Greek and Latin fragments, were proof that the Book of Enoch was known by Jews and early Christians. This book was also quoted by some 1st and 2nd century authors, as in the Testaments of the Twelve Patriarchs. Authors of the New Testament were also familiar with some content of the story. A short section of 1st Enoch 1.9 cited in the New Testament, Epistle of Jude, Jude 1.14-15, and there is a and is attributed to there to Enoch the seventh from Adam. 
First Enoch chapter 60, verse 8. Although this section of First Enoch is a midrash on Deuteronomy 33-2, several copies of the early sections of First Enoch were preserved among the Dead Sea Scrolls. It's not the, part the of Dead Sea Scrolls. Those are the scrolls that like had no moisture to get to them because they were in like jars. Yeah, and then I think they're also hidden in caves, right? Uh, I think so. weren't they written in like Latin or? Uh, I don't know. Also, let's read this one part and it's talking about why it's considered ancient Jewish. Okay. Yeah, okay. It, would, it was written in Hebrew. Okay, let's read the part why some people consider it non-canon and stuff. Okay. Or why some parts church consider non-canon or canon is part of the biblical canon used. Oh, it is not part of the biblical canon used by the Jews. Apart from the Beta Israel Ethiopian Jews, most Christian denominations and traditions may accept the books of Enoch as having some historical or theological interest. And while the Ethiopian Orthodox Tewahedo Church, I believe that's how you pronounce it. I'm sorry if I mispronounced it. And Etrian Orthodox. Tawahedo Church considered the books of Enoch as canonical. Other Christian groups regard them as non-canonical or non-inspired. It is wholly extant only in the Giz... Giz? Language? Giz, yeah. Oh, Giz. With Aramaic fragments from Dead Sea Scrolls and a few Greek and Latin fragments. For this and other reasons, the traditional Ethiopian belief is that the original language of the work was Giz, whereas modern scholars believe that it was first written in either Aramaic or Hebrew. Ephraim Isaac suggests that the Book of Enoch, like the Book of Daniel, was composed was composed partially in Aramaic and partially in Hebrew. No Hebrew version is known to have survived. It is asserted in the book itself that it that its author was Enoch before the biblical flood. So we're getting most of this from a Wikipedia particle. Yeah, we may not read all it. we may not read all of it, but it's it's the majority of it's there. Yeah, but like before the flood, so like. How long did it take Noah to build the ark? Was it like 800 years? Uh, I mean, I don't know. But then yet again, I also don't know how long humans lived back then. Yeah, I, guess, I think you know, like some of the oldest man in biblical times was like 400-something. I think he lived to be 900-something. 120 years. Okay. Let's I see. Think. Answers in Genesis. They, didn't they build like a actual replica of the Ark in Kentucky. Like, uh, I think, like, a one-third scale, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Derek declares that 120 years was the drop-dead date. Hmm. So he had 120 years to build it. Oh, so Noah was 500 years old when whoever and his first sons were born. And then one of the things I've always thought... Two years after the flood... And one of the things I've always kind of thought about this is, okay, so how fast or slow did humans age back then? I'm not sure. Like, how, how the aging process now, that's... Because I know... It's to be completely different because they lived a lot longer. Yeah, and like the atmosphere... Well, I mean, I've also heard that stuff back then was different, like atmosphere, climate, stuff like that. I mean, like, a lot of people, a lot of religious people think the Earth is flat because... Well, some uh, of them do, but then... Yeah, but some there's, uh, like, a verse that said he took the ice wall, and that's kind of what created the flood. I mean, that's what it says in the Baptist religion. I don't know if all Baptists believe the Earth is flat. My dad doesn't. Okay, that's good. 
Yeah, well, if if it, if he did, that there would be a problem. And then I know that whenever in the Bible when it mentions he spread out people to like corners of the earth, they, they don't mean literally. Yeah, the earth is not a square. It's not a box. Yeah, reminds me Minecraft. From, <laughs> also reminds me of watching Dragon Ball Z abridged. It's like all these squares make a circle. That is not how geometry works. Well, I mean, like, it's... Okay, have you ever watched Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball Z Abridged? No. Okay, well, so they have this, like... I think it's called the Kami's Hangout. And so it's, it's, like, this place... It's, like, on this gigantic pillar that reaches up to the sky. And there's, like, this weird... Oh, okay, so it's this circular thing held up on this pillar. And I remember that the tiles they have on this are square. So, which leads to that one guy... Like so, there's this, there's a couple people that stayed there all the time, mm-hmm. or most of the time. And I were one of them was like, "Hey, are you okay?" And the other guys were like, "All these squares make a circle. All these squares make a circle." I'd be very confused too. Yeah, I was also kind of sad because I remember that like, I wonder if they're gonna make any more episodes of this. And I remember I looked it up and they're like, "Oh, they're." After a short phone call, now we lead into the flood myth. So, Ben, do you want to explain this? Because, like, I mean, I've heard of it, but I've never really done any research into it. Okay, so basically, what it talks about is, you know how in the book Genesis there's a great flood? Mm-hmm. What this is talking about is what is basically talking about, so every culture... Not just the ones that have been influenced by Christianity or Judaism seem to have a story about a great flood, which is interesting. Because you'd think that how some people theorize that the great flood was just a localized event, like how some people theorize. Mm-hmm. But there's like several cultures that talk about how there was a flood that... Apparently just like... Yeah, that went off. Got a good portion. Yeah, and then, like, there's some maybe some slight differences in it, but mm-hmm. you'd think that if it was just a localized event, it would just be in one spot of the world, or if it was, and then, like, people started to migrate out from that, mm-hmm. it makes sense for the keep talking and have some historical differences, but it's interesting how there, a lot of cultures have this flood event. I'm not exactly the best explaining this, but it's interesting. My question is, so, like, people fall off boats, and, like, they survive at sea, mm-hmm. and then they get washed up on shore eventually, and they get medical help. How long could someone survive floating in the water, theoretically? Well, I mean, if it's, like, anything like the biblical flood, I don't think they would have survived long. Like, I know, like, people in their houses, they would have been dead. I mean, like... Most people didn't know how to swim back then, I'm going to assume. So, I mean, obviously, if, if there's going to be some guy that's building some gigantic boat, and it's like, you're gonna, they're probably going to make fun of him and be like, ha-ha, what are you doing? Or imagine being one of the guys that are hired to work on the boat, and you don't know... Like, what is this, a giant yacht? Wait, did the people that work on the boat, did, did they get access to the Ark? I think so. Okay, so... Like, but, I think Noah's family was the one that did it. Oh, yeah, like most of his family, that... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. 
But like one of the things I also don't understand is why with the f- flood story, why do they make children's book out of it? It's it's a terrible, terrible it's a ordeal. Yeah, I know. It's like, and they make it all cartoony and stuff. It's like why? Like Jonah and the whale. Yeah, it's like the 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 beginner the beginner's Bible that the one that like you got if you went to like a Christian preschool. Yeah, it's like why would you make a children's book version of it? It's like oh, it's not that scary. But when you go into details about it, it's like this is terrible. It's scary for I don't think a child's gonna think much about it. But as they get older, they're gonna think about it. It's I mean the Bible tells us to fear the Lord our God, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like. I mean, it also says that he, the reason why we have the rainbows, that's his promise of not flooding the world again. Well, this next week, that promise is going to be put to a test because it's supposed to rain all this next week. But it rained like 40 days and 40 nights in the Bible. Well, I mean, monsoon season is upon us. Here. Oh, but we're not like by any coast. No, we're not. But like. Even a couple of years ago, we had a tropical depression storm that moved like inland so far that it reached Kansas. Mm. And yep. that, do you remember that when we had like those very high winds back in 2018 that knocked down trees and power lines? Possibly. I also remember like everything was wet. Yeah, like a couple of days after we were picking up tree limbs and like. We had a chicken. Her name was Henrietta. <laughs> she was the sweetest chicken ever. She would come over and she would sit by you. She'd sit on your lap and wait for you to pet her. She's the sweetest thing. And then, like a couple of days after the storm, like uh, no, she died the day after the storm. She had a heart attack. Mm. Like she was fine. She walked around a bit. She ate, and she laid down by the coop and just like died of shock. Mm. Was she the only chicken? Yeah, we have we have a problem with foxes. We used to before we just got rid of the chickens. I remember that whenever my family had chickens, I remember that like we had a fox show up once, and that was the first time and only time I had ever seen a fox around here. Uh, out by where I live, there are like railroad tracks, mm-hmm. and there's a forest beyond that, and they. I, I've seen a couple. I, I recently got a drone and I was flying and like this sucker darted out from a bush and booked it for the forest. Mm. That thing is fast. Think of Sonic the Hedgehog. Got it. It's like a blur of orange and black and white. It's like a vanilla orange popsicle with legs. I'm just imagining some very low budget off-brand version of Sonic the Hedgehog, but instead of a hedgehog, it's a fox. Live action version. Wait a minute, isn't Tails a fox? I think so. He's got two tails, though. How how does the fox have two tails? How does he fly with those two tails? Helicopter blades. His real name is Miles. And then it's like... Does that mean Sonic has a real name? Hold on, like, let me finish, like, Tails' real name is Miles, and then, like, middle name Purr, and then, like, last name Hour. I don't know, we have to look this Actually, do you want to look this up? Because I, I... I can't, yeah. Just, the thing about Sonic is you don't want to explore too much into the fans on some stuff because they have some weird fan art. Oh, yeah. I knew a kid. His real name is... Ma- Miles, Miles Tails Prower. Yeah, so it's like... So his... Miles Prower, that's his real name. It's kind of... It's a play on Miles Prower, but yeah. 
Is it a play on miles per hour? I feel like it is. That's a really bad pun. I mean, it was the 90s. What do you expect? Whenever they made tales. I'm imagining... Have you ever seen the movie Bolt? Yes, but no, I remember being kind of disappointed when I watched the movie because I thought it was going to be like a dog superpowers, but no, it's a dog that's in superhero movies that has superpowers in the movies, not in real life. I'm like, oh. But it was still a good movie. Have you ever seen Underdog? Underdog. I have that on DVD. I used to watch that all the time when I was like five. I love that movie. It was so funny. Because he was chasing, they were flying on the ceiling. And his six-year-old me, that was like the best thing ever. Was that a a straight-to-DVD film? I think so, yeah. yeah. I, I never saw it in theaters. I remember, like, I think I got that for Christmas. And then I also remember I got Cars for, like, that movie for Christmas. Movie. I remember that. I used to, I just used to call Lightning McQueen because that's the main character, Lightning McQueen. We have a friend that is just, like, obsessed with the Cars movies. I remember. He hasn't been a guest on the podcast. When I was younger, I remember that. I, I used to think, I'm going to. When I, when I get older, I'm going to become a genius. I'm going to make a real-life Iron Man suit. I'm going to make an actual version of Lightning McQueen from Cars. I'm going to, I'm going to, and I, I think I'm, like, I'm going to make what the weapons from Star Wars real, real. And now, as I get older, I was like, that is very impossible. I had act imagination, and young me might be disappointed in me, but also kind of happy about me in the same time. Especially like a couple, uh, even a couple years ago, like second grade, uh, we got a group of kids together that we considered the really smart people at our elementary school, and we were trying to figure out how to recreate the Iron Man suit because we were like, "Oh wow, if we can actually do this, we could fly." And I remember just sitting there like, "But how does he fly? <laughs> Is it magic?" Where does he get the technology for this? But then you get. Where does Iron Man get the fuel for the jet boosters? We're thinking too much of this as we're like in younger elementary school years, just like. Suddenly, like, we get a notification on the computer going, Harvard wants to know your location. Harvard requests your location. Stark Industries requests your location. Marvel Comics requests your location. Like. And especially in the newer Marvel movies, they did this thing with the Marvel logo, which I consider to be really cool, which they take all of Stan Lee's cameos in every single movie that he's made. Oh, I never knew that. And they put it into where, like, usually the Marvel characters, like Iron Man, Black Widow, and the Hulk would be. And uh, they put all of his cameos in there instead, like, right after his death. And I thought that was pretty cool. Because mm. it was, like, comic book pages flipping, and then you just see Stan Lee's face, and he's going through a whole bunch of different scenes. Mm. I really need to look at the new Spider-Man movie. I remember one of the things I didn't really realize was I remember whenever we were working on the musical, I had a spider on my car for about a week. Mm-hmm. And I remember that the one day I actually named him because that was actually the last day. I was like, it's like, okay, so he's lived on my car. I'm going to acknowledge his existence. I'm going to give him a name. I'm going to name him Stan. And then I remember after I named him, I was like, oh, I had the same name as Stan Lee. And I heard that as soon as I named him, I remember I drove from school to my house. And as I, as I got home, I looked at my car, and the web, apparently, I went fast enough that the web actually blew off, and I lost the spider. And I remember, I, remember, I think I did a two-part streak, because I heard an update, Stan is gone, rip Stan. 
He's gone. Stan so, Spider, he's gone. So I was driving the Suburban, and I had I had a, a, a double-take experience yesterday, in fact, because I got in the car, I started driving down the road to make it to the main highway, and I look over, and there's this massive black hornet-looking thing on my mirror, and I go, oh no, is that a murder hornet? Have they <laughs> finally made it to Kansas? I was freaking out. You're the one way to get rid of murder hornets in the United States. Murder hornets in the United States of America. We gotta get rid of them with firearms. How would you get rid of... I know there's a shotgun that fires salt that's specifically for killing flies. Oh yeah, I have one of those. Well, I don't. My grandparents do. But they don't use it as for its intended purpose. What do they use it for? They shoot it at the wall <laughs> to try and hit the fly. It doesn't hit the fly. The fly flies away. I think it's it's a shotgun. You're supposed to use it at close range. Also, it's on, according to video games, that's how you're supposed to use a shotgun. Violence. <laughs> anyway, I think that just about wraps it up for this week. We've been going for... Wait, I thought we were... Oh, we're not done. Yeah, we're we still covering... Have, we still have the secret room. Yeah, and then, wait, what are the other topics we're planning on covering? Uh, that's all five of them for today. Oh, okay. This one was the last one, the secret chamber. Mm. So, according to some people, there's a secret room in the Mount Rushmore Memorial, and apparently, I think it might be true. Yeah, tucked inside Lincoln's frontal lobe in Mount Rushmore in Keystone, South Dakota, is a secret inaccessible to the public chamber. The vault was designed by the monument sculptor Gutzon Borglum, I have no idea how to say it, who envisioned it as a room dedicated to the history of the United States. The National Park Service details that Borglum wanted a history, or a written history of America's greatest historical hits to go along with this four-headed sculpture, including an 800-foot 80, stairway with a large bronze eagle, who'd have a 38-foot wingspan at the entrance. Above the eagle, an inscription would read, America's Onward March, and the Hall of Records, carved into the walls would read America's nine most important events from 1776 to 1906. Fuss, I can't speak. Busts. Busts, not fuss, of American, of famous Americans would line the hall as well as a list of U.S. contributions to art, science, and industry. Hmm. Unfortunately, Borglum died in 1941 and never saw his vision come to life. But in 1998, Monument officials revived Borglum's dream of the room acting as a vault for America's history. So, his dream did come true, but not while he was alive. Yeah. How long did they work on that? How long did they put it aside and just forget about it? And then one day just... You oh, go like, we never did this. Or like, hey, remember that room that dude made? Yeah. What could we use it for? <laughs> Nuclear codes are in there. This is... What if that's actually the truth? John, we're gonna get swatted. We're getting swatted. Yeah. We're getting swatted by Toad. For no... For, yeah, I hope not. For those of you who don't get it, a couple weeks ago when we were recording an episode of the podcast, I realized I could do an impression of Toad from Mario. And last night, he did an impression where he said, FBI, open up, in his Toad voice. It was, I'm not going to do it right now, because I'd rather not do a high-pitched noise to a mic. I mean, I can just tune down the volume real quick. Okay, let's see what we can do. It. Usually, I have to get some like stuff in my throat in order to like 
Okay, um. He has come for you, Toad and the FBI. What? A, where does Nintendo keep all their characters? Where uh, do they, they do they keep them in the basement? <laughs> Just like Nintendo headquarters in Japan, and they're like, yeah, we keep all of our IPs that we haven't used in years down there. The original Mario's down there, with no hope for escape. <laughs> He's just a plumber man. He's just a simple plumber man. What I think it? that pretty much wraps it yeah. up for this episode, because there's, I mean, the conspiracy theory has been disproven. Because there's actually a vault behind Lincoln's head. <laughs> Wasn't it Lincoln shot in the back of his head? Oh, we don't need to open that. Well, the the vault's in the side of his head, so uh, who knows? They didn't think this through. They, they didn't think this through. Anyway. He was a good president that, from what I've heard from history. I mean, I, I didn't meet him personally, but according to um, history lessons. <laughs> according to Klubine. Klubine, he yeah. was a nice person. I mean, at the time, he was a controversial president since, I mean, it was, he was he president in the Civil slavery. War. Yeah, and then he was president during the Civil War, so back then people kind of had like mixed feelings about him. But I, but as years grew on, people looked back and I was like, "Hey, that's a lot better than it is now." Yeah, like, "Hey, he's actually a pretty good president. Why didn't we talk about this before?" And like, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see you next week, everyone. Bye.